19? 19, yes. 19. Come on, get with the program. Cafe Sessions podcast episode number 19. Can you believe we've been going that long? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. So I'm your host, Clay Lowe. My lovely co-host is... Sarah Beth Hunt. Sarah Beth Hunt. The lady formerly known as... Sarah. (laughs) I'm just fooling (laughs) around, folks. Sorry. I don't even know where I was going to go with that. Oh, yeah, I was waiting for the uh, interesting <laughs> nickname. I've never been able to have a nickname, you know, because Sarah doesn't really lend itself to having any kind of nickname. No, yeah, SB? I always kind of wanted one. Yeah, you, yeah, you SB, a, yeah. I, sometimes my family calls me SB. Yeah. Yep, yep. I guess so. You need a nice hip-hop name. What would be your hip, hip-hop name? I don't know. I'm not very hip-hop. Yeah. I wish I was. Well, we'll come up, Help we'll, me up with that. We'll come up with a, a nice hip-hop name for you. All right. You think about that this week. Awesome. So <laughs> what, what are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about idleness. And so one of my kind of favorite things to think about is the balance of work and not work. And one of the ways that you can define not work is idleness, which we often think of as a really bad thing. So I really like thinking about work because I have such a weird working history. Most of my life, I have not actually been in a nine to five paid job. So... There's been a lot of times in my life where I've had to really ask myself because I'm I'm working but I'm not getting paid for that work or like right. you know years of writing my novel and then you know I'm not getting paid with it paid for it and I've got to keep asking myself why am I doing this work and stuff so I guess it's just kind of a theme in my life that I'm constantly revisiting and I suppose the, the kind of ying to that yang yeah. or whatever you want to say is is the idea of idleness and when do you not work and You know, what is idleness? Why do we need it? Do we need it? Excellent. I think that it's the natural state of mankind to be idle when we're not needing to get some food or get shelter or something along those natures. Um, But, of course, what's going through my head right now is the um, that old saying, idle mind is the devil's workshop. Devil's workshop, Uh, yeah. Mm. But it's something that's been culturally kind of bred out of us this whole idea of idleness so that we've always got to be productive now and as i'm as i am speaking i'm thinking so what what kind of what what would have driven that if we think about i think that protestant work ethic is so apparent still in the fact that when we're not productive we feel guilty that's the response to we feel guilty because of why well because it's a weird emotion guilt Do you know what I mean? We don't feel disappointed. I mean, maybe we feel disappointed, but quite often we have a feeling of guilt, which is a feeling that comes because we're potentially doing something morally wrong, not just like, oh, I didn't achieve my goal today. I'm really disappointed in myself. Or, you know, do you know what I mean? It's a different thing. Yeah, and and maybe the guilt comes because it got kind of tied up with the whole sort of um, sin. 
And if you're not working and being productive and using all the daylight, then that just leaves you open to go do sinful things. Um, hence this whole play, play, play shop, devil's playground thing. And, and so maybe it is that. Maybe it, it, it was. We've got to keep us keep keep people busy. Because I'm 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 thinking of the. And we talked about this before, maybe in another context. Is Bruce Perry's tribe series where he goes around these days with uh, tribes that are pretty much living the same way as they've always done. So they have been untouched by modern society. And they have a different perspective on idleness. In fact, their default mode, if they're not hunting, is to, to, to laze around, to relax, to conserve energy. See, um, yeah, I, th- I think this uh, whole Pokemon Go craze has, gotten, has really captured everyone's imagination, hasn't it? Not only because... There are those people who are super into mm. to playing, but for everyone else, it's this first stage step into, um, you know, augmented reality, the potential future, and also it's raising all these questions again in all of us about what is worth doing. Right. So, what is worth our time? And so, for me, there's a certain amount of downtime that. I completely embrace that involves someone feeding me information. And so I, you know, so, which I wouldn't necessarily consider idleness because you're also busy doing something. It's just not work. So whether that's watching your favorite TV show, watching sports, um, you know, playing Pokemon Go, I feel like is in that category. And so how are you defining idleness? Exactly. So I think, so for me, when I think about what is being idle, in the, in the negative, idleness is you haven't been productive. You haven't, you're not working. But for me, if I think of idleness in the positive sense, and I suppose in the sense that um, Tom Hodg- uh, Hodgkinson is talking about when he writes the book How to Be Idle, is a state in which you're not lost from your own present moment. You know, you're not kind of switching into a TV show and waking up almost, you know, 45 minutes later to look around you again and go, oh, yeah, I'm back in my life. Or, you know, similarly playing games or whatever. That you're actually aware of what's happening around you, aware of time passing, aware of the people around you. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, well, it's slightly present. different thing. It's like thing. being present again, isn't it? It's about being present and not focusing on being as opposed to doing, which is a kind of push to do stuff Um, because I'm thinking is idleness so is playing idle or is that vital oh I like that poet huh Um, and you didn't even realize it no absolutely because so idleness as in sitting and doing absolutely nothing is one extreme of idleness you know not or so when does when does the spectrum shift I'm sitting I'm actually literally staring at the wall doing nothing versus Maybe I'm reading, or maybe I'm watching TV, or maybe I'm playing a game. So I'm engaged in some activity that's not work, in quotation marks. Um, but is that different from, like, pure idleness? So to just to go sit underneath the tree and literally do nothing but sit underneath the tree. I wouldn't want to say that you just have to sit and do nothing. I suppose what I think, if I think about idleness being a positive thing, I suppose the only way that someone can assess that is that is themselves in a way. Do they feel revitalized? Because for me, here, here, yeah. 
and this is what I'm thinking his idleness like doing not not doing anything as in yeah you're not busy because I'm thinking of this because some of say TV games those sorts of things are to distract the mind keep the mind out of the devil's workshop because if I set idle I might actually have to spend time with my own thinking I was reading an article and I posted this article on, on my Facebook page and they one of the paragraphs in there is talking about that people would rather do something than sit. And they would even go so far as to give them, they did this experiment, and they had to take just themselves in a room and spend 15 minutes there. Um, and they would rather give themselves electric shocks than spend 15 minutes in a room with themselves. No distractions, no TV, no other pursuits. It's so painful sometimes to be by yourself and be doing nothing. Yeah, doing, literally doing nothing. So I guess that's the the other, and I I don't see that as a bad thing. I see that as a, as a, maybe that's a good natural state for us to, to be in idleness. But we've been raised, conditioned to be doing something if you're not working then I think the other thing is we don't know what we're supposed to be doing yeah is that it you we know we forgot how to be humans I haven't had to teach my little kitten how to be a kitten well but the, there's a lot of kids nowadays that are getting so over scheduled so every you know they have their school and then after their school day is done they go to their little activity and they come home and they have their dinner and they do their homework and they go to sleep so they got structure. and then so they don't have open, like, long periods of time in which they have to figure out what to do. And I think, you know... But do they just be as opposed to have to... I think, as opposed to thinking, what do I need to do? Quite quickly, you, I think children lose that ability to find for themselves what to do. Now, if you give them a length of time, and then when they come to you and say, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored... You don't give them an activity, and you kind of—it's almost like I don't know. You know what? What is it when you take some, the addictive <laughs> substance away? It's like detox from from activities. I think quite quickly they will come back into that other way of being and playing and and doing stuff. But you know, just to go play. We've always we always we used to say if ever the kids came and said, "Oh, I'm bored." Our answer to that is to give them some chores to do, and they quickly. I'm writing that became, down yeah, right now. They quickly became unbored. <laughs> well, I got plenty for you to do. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Note to self. Yeah. Note, exactly. That's Brilliant. the way to send them away. Um, but yeah, so this idleness and and people fearing. So I think there's a. We talked about productivity last week. Um, and if you read a lot of uh, writers and artists and you think about their creative process, a lot of it is about this gestation period, just to sit and do nothing, feed your creativity. And the article that I posted is, has some of that in there as well. So, you know, to truly be creative, you need that space to sit and do nothing. But we have this condition that we feel like we've always got to be doing I something. I do find that very true with my own creative process with writing. After I've finished a, a piece of work or a project or whatever, I need to give myself at least a couple weeks of kind of faffing around, not really getting anything done, making lists, you know, just brainstorming or just literally wasting time. And I know while I'm doing it, I'm doing it and I kind of need to do it 
to recharge in a way. Yeah. Well, so, you need that space so your subconscious mind can do its thing as well, isn't it? So it can take all the information in and synthesize it, and then you come up. With I mean, some I, stuff. I think for me in my in my life, it's about finding the right balance with work and and with that time that I really just want to switch off and watch Game of Thrones, you know. Hmm. But. Um, you know, so I think there's definitely a place for switching off, and you know, I definitely that's what I want sometimes. But there's that third element of actually being truly idle, where you're sitting in your back garden and you're just relaxing, or you know, even if it's for five or ten minutes, it doesn't necessarily have to be this massive portion of your day or your week or whatever. But I do think it's really important. Yeah, I think we need it. Um... But as you said, we do feel guilty if you are just sitting in your back garden and you're not working. Well, and actually, it, it can, especially as a creative, it's a part of your work process to sit and be idle so that you can synthesize stuff in, inside of your head. But um, we have this thing that we've got to be productive, we've got to produce. So if someone says yeah, at the end of the day, what did you produce? To turn around and say, well, I sat around and did nothing. <laughs> you know, that's... A bad mark. Hey, we did or, nothing. Or you could say I was idle. I was idle. I Don't was, put it in the yes. negative. I was, I was idle. <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that w- really has helped me with the whole guilt factor is, um, so there's a Buddhist nun who's actually American, but she her uh, she's kind of head of a monastery in Nova Scotia called Pema Chodron. And so she, in one of her books that she's written, she um, talks about her year-long retreat where I think she was in the monastery, but she wasn't speaking to anyone and whatever. And she says, even in that state of, this is what I'm doing. I'm in meditation retreat. This is like the point. I don't have anything to do. Still, the mind was trying to grasp at like what she should be doing and trying to find a sense of urgency about something. And when she would be sitting in meditation, her mind would still be trying to get her back up to go do something, even though she really didn't have anything to do. And I think if, for me... Is that a natural state of our mind, or is that because... I don't know, but we I think it's a been state... conditioned to be doing something. For me, whatever the answer to that is, it is the state of our mind now. It is the state of my mind. Well, it's the state so, of our mind if you don't have control of your mind, or that you don't, you're not able to step back. So if you have that herd mentality, then yes, it's the state of your mind. If you're able to step away from that, I don't think it... It doesn't have I to think be the, the state I think of the practice for her to. is to step away from it and, sit and recognize that it's happening and just recognize that that's just what her mind is doing and not be attached to it. But I think the recognition that, you know, I mean, for me, as like a kind of beginning practitioner, knowing that that's what my mind is going to do and that that's what everyone's mind does and that's just something that the mind does, like try and be busy... Then, or you know, maybe if we had been raised in a tribe, that wouldn't be our state. But that is the state of my mind. It takes the the realness away from it. You know, it it means that I'll have to listen to it. I guess is what I'm saying. That I can I don't have to take it so seriously, and I can say, oh yeah, that's just what my mind's doing. I don't have to listen to that. Just just sit here a little bit longer. Yeah, it's so. um and, and it's, it's almost a catch-22 
kind of space because I know like raising our kids and they're sitting around and kind of um, kind of per perpetuate that by if they're not doing anything oh yeah you should be doing something get out and do some stuff like you know I'm always like go get out see things as opposed to just sitting around um, but at the same and I guess it's because of the other end of it as in um, if you're idle to the point where you never do anything, I just sat and for the next 20 years I'm going to sit in this chair and do nothing. But you know what I think the thing is? There are very few people that are just sitting in the chair. People are sitting in the chair with their iPhones or they're sitting in the chair yeah. watching TV or they're sitting in the chair doing stuff. They're not just sitting in kind and of contemplation. And when I was going through that kind of thought process and thinking through that, and I, I think I wrote about this, I wrote a little essay on this, and that actually to watch TV... There's nothing wrong with watch because think about we talk about stories and how important stories are and what we learn from stories. So actually, there's benefits that you get from watching TV, from reading a book. Um, we talk about Jane McGonagall's book and Reality Is Broken. There's valuable stuff that people get from playing games. Um, I think we're again that's another one of our innate characteristics is to play. Play is a part of being human. Um, idleness is probably a part of being human, but but because of maybe this industrial, you know, the, the industrial sort of um, age when that kind of factory mentality came, that I needed your hands to be turning some tools while the factory was up, so I don't I think, you need know, you to be idle. Then I want you resting, so that you're not tired when you come back to to take your place in the factory thing. So. Um, you know, we, we've been got conditioned that we need to be doing stuff. And then success now is tied to working 24 hours a day. So if you really want to be successful, then you should be working 18-hour days is, uh, you know, the new mantra. Never not, never not be working or something like that. Never not working. Um, which I'm kind of guilty of, of, of holding on to that. But when I look at work... There's almost less of a distinction between work and play, as in the things that I do for work, the things that I do for play feed the work, if that if that makes sense. So um, the never not working, depending on your definition of work, um, works for me. <laughs> I wanted to read um, just the, the 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 titles from. Uh, Tom Hodgkinson's book to give you a sense of of this idea of, of the sort of how to be idle, and he kind of broke it down to uh, his day from early morning until the next day, and the titles are you know, um, these are the chapters. Yeah, the chapters. Yeah, waking up is hard to do. Toil and trouble. Sleeping in. Skiving for pleasure and profit. The hangover. Death of lunch. Well, that's a good one to talk about. How we lunches for wimps. Remember the eighties. Um, on being, the nap, and think about taking a nap. <laughs> oh, and I think the Spanish have that right. Let's have a siesta, man. Um, the ramble, going for the walk, I think is great. First drink of the day on fishing, smoking. Interesting on the smoking one, um, and I, I and I, I'm not going to get the the, and I'll have to get this and put it in a link. But there's a um, a Chinese philosopher. And it's almost, in fact, Tom referenced it. That's where I found it, was reading his book. Um, and it's a great piece. And he talks about smoking and all these other things about idleness, which is, is great. I'll include that in the link, though. Uh, the pub, uh, sex and idleness, the art of conversation, party time, meditation, sleep is, is 
the list of, of, of I think the thing that occurs to me just listening to you read that is that idleness can be it isn't just like I don't know we always break things down like in my mind I think oh if you're idle it has to be a big chunk of your day like no it just means actually taking lunch for 20 minutes yeah. or, or 30 minutes yeah. you know if you put it in if you put it in relationship to work that's probably it isn't it so work means, I don't know, you're doing something, you're getting paid for it, or that concept. So then to take time out for lunch, you're not working, so therefore you're being idle. But actually you're having lunch and replenishing your body and that sort of stuff. So if you re- equate it to the factory mentality, when we're not in the factory turning the tools, working, quotation marks, then you're being idle. Just like with the machines, and I used to work in manufacturing and you have to put the machines down so the machines are idle. But when the machines are idle, that means no production's happening. And that means we're not going to ship any product out the back door. That means we're not going to make any money. So any time, like a paint booth was like our biggest... So idleness is, is defined by work yeah. rather than so the by paint booth, its if intrinsic. the paint booth was down, for whatever reason, yeah. missing a part, that thing was idle and not productive. I suppose that's what Tom, Tom Hutchinson's trying to do is redefine or recapture um, the meaning a positive meaning of idleness rather than just defining it in opposition to work like idleness is not working what is idleness and I think that's just to go back again that there is there is something positive but it is to me it isn't that thing of just switching off yeah you know it's it's, not just sitting and doing nothing as in sitting in the chair and staring at paint idleness not necessarily I mean, if staring at paint, it, you know, you're never not thinking about something, I think, when you're staring at paint. I think, you know, what it doesn't mean to me are those, you know, lost 20 minutes that we all have on Facebook, you know, where you, you go to check one thing and then 20 minutes, you look up and 20 minutes is gone. Yeah. That doesn't, for me, when, I, when that happens to me, I don't feel replenished at the end of it. I don't feel like I've taken a break. What I feel is that I've lost 20 minutes. Okay, so you know what I mean, and so so it's it's almost that it's like been stolen from me, and I want there to be times during the day in which I am not working and I'm actually enjoying. It's like you know the end of my my yoga classes, you have um, relaxation, right? So, and there are people that fall asleep in the five ten minutes on the floor. You're so tired, you fall asleep. Which you would never be able to do if you just laid down on the floor for 10 minutes. I would. But Two minutes and I'm asleep. Basically, <laughs> what, you, what, I'm tra- what I always try and encourage everyone to do in that time is actually to, to maintain a clarity of your mind so that you can enjoy the experience of being relaxed. Because if you just fall asleep and you just go, go into that dullness... But don't you then is, turn that is, into a task then? Is, is that not one other task thing to do? No, so it's, just be, it's just being present. It's just no, I'm saying to, to, to give that instruction, then now I'm thinking, well, I need to be trying to do that. So I've got one more thing on my task list to try and do. I suppose it's how you... How you but you I'm, instruct even, it or even, say it. As but, you were saying it to me, I was thinking, oh, yeah, well, now I've got to be thinking about when I'm doing that to do that. So I'm not actually just no. turning off. I'll have to, ooh, I better make sure that I use Come to my yoga time. class, Clay, and you can see in real life how you feel about it. Not to say that we can get away from that because, you know, that's the goal. You would want people to have that sort of space. I think but, that's yeah. the thing that we're missing, though, that, that I'm often missing is that, you know, I mean, I'm, and I'm trying to work it in 
you know, so I'm trying to sit a little bit every morning and stuff. But this is stuff that's taken me years to even implement a little bit of time and space to do that because we're all really good at, at watching our favorite TV shows and I've watched my Game of Thrones and I've watched House of Cards and, you know, I've gotten that done. But, you know, having time where you literally are just sitting and, and being aware of time passing or just giving yourself a moment, you know, is, it, I don't know, it's harder. I feel like that's harder for me to do. Is it? That's, um, and rambling was one of the things on that list there for me when I go for, you know, even short, I do my morning walk, as, as I mentioned last week, you know, it's three miles I do in the morning. Um, and yeah, then that, that puts you in that space of, you know, being with yourself and doing your time to, and then when I go on really longer ones, you know, it's up to six hours, seven hour, and you're simply walking, you know, there's a, there's a, a presence that you get and you're aware and you're there and you're in time. In fact, you forget about time time as in the watch time um, because you're just kind of in your surroundings and paying attention to kind of where you are. I think at the end of that, you feel the benefits of it, don't you? You feel replenished in we some kind of way. We have a nice clarity kind of, 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 of thought, your mind. I mean, physically, you, you end up being tired, but your mind or my mind, um, the number of, uh, you just, yeah, it feels refreshed, replenished, re reconnected with myself is what I generally sort of feel so much. So I feel spiritually charged up after doing, especially doing a long, a long hike in the mountains or the woods. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think for me, I think what I want to do next to kind of fit these bits in, because I think, you know, having two little kids, there's, there's so much time when I'm just getting stuff for them, teaching them some kind of lesson about how to get along or, you know, just responding in some way. You're just, there's always someone that needs something. So there's quite a lot of time and I'm kind of busy involved in parenting, but I'm not doing any of the stuff around the house that needs to get done, for instance. So when they're asleep or first thing in the morning, those pockets where I actually could have a bit of downtime are taken up. I can quite easily fill them, is what I'm trying to say, with with busyness. And I suppose that's for people who are away at work all day. You know, you come home. It's quite easy for the evening to just completely go. By the time you have dinner, maybe you watch one TV show or something, and, you, you know, you clean up the dishes, you do some laundry, you know, and stuff is done. So, so my question for myself really is, how can I fit in a little bit more pockets of time in this way that's like, just taking the five minutes and and sometimes you really only need five minutes like in the morning five minutes to have the beginnings of my cup of coffee in peace you know is is really sets you up for the day in a way that waking up with the alarm and going straight in for shower straight out the door you know when you we haven't given yourself any time to just like chill for a moment you know i guess that's like again it becomes down to sort of what how you Prioritize what's important to you and what priority you put that sort of into. Because um, you say, like, take five minutes, but if it was the other way around and you said, well, actually, my priority is to have this time and then I'll find time to do all those other things 
And if they, you know, you miss yeah, that. Yeah, but people can't that. find time to get to their job on time. You know, if people can't, like, I can't find time. If I my, did. I got if, up at 4 o'clock in well, the morning. Well, yes, that's, that was true. It. So, that's yeah. true. So, so then like, you have you know, to do that. Yeah. So when I was having to be at work at 9, so, and I, you described it perfectly. So if I'm at work from 8 until 6, then you get home, you want to eat, and it's like, ah, oh, then anything you wanted to do, you're all worn out. Which is, then I said, well, you know what? I'm going to have clay time. So I started getting up at 4, 4 to 7. That's three solid hours to do whatever I wanted. Everybody else was asleep. There's no kids up crying, wanting anything. Nobody nobody wants anything. No one's calling you, nothing. So I think that's why people who are, I mean, I'm a morning person, but I think people who are real night owls, that's what they love about the night time, well, no, too, absolutely. that there's so, just no, once you hit, like, 11, 12 o'clock at night, there's no longer that. It's like when you're on holiday and you're, in you know a rented accommodation somewhere you don't have that same pull to always be cleaning up or doing stuff that you do around your own house you know you're kind of released from all of those little chores and it's, it is a bit like that in the middle of the night or early in the morning yeah, you yeah. don't have that like i should be doing something well, someone asked me last night at, at our at the gig how do i do all the things that i do and it's because it i just you know, I don't sleep as much as other people do because I just don't I've conditioned my well, I've conditioned myself not to need that amount of sleep. So, you know, and I when I was full time employed, it's like clay time. And then, in the way that I had it in my mind was then now you, the rest of the world can have their little bit of time from seven thirty to whatever. I've got all everything that I wanted to do done. So, and if I got any other time in the evening, and that was just bonus because I've already. Done my stuff, and <laughs> now here you guys go. You can have a piece of clay now. Um, and then, if I had anything left over at the end of the day, I would do it then. But you know, again, it's just a, it's a it's a space and time to which you sort of put the priority. I think it's our, it's our thinking that needs to be restructured and changed. Um, more I so think the first step else. is just recognizing that you feel guilty when you've stopped for five minutes. Just that recognition yeah, alone recognition that that's happening rather than just and almost And say not that's foolish. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all just, and if you put it in a big giant perspective, it's, you know, it's all just time, isn't it? And how do you want to use the time that you have? What does it mean to you at the end of the day? So for me, sometimes the big question I'll ask is, will this thing matter on my deathbed? it doesn't then it ain't that important so i don't mind if i don't do it or it goes away or whatever that is um but it's just some it's the perspective putting things back into perspective and, and i always go err when someone says i don't have time to do stuff because i think we have plenty of time it's just how you choose to use the time that you have but you've you've got plenty to do the things that you want to do <laughs> that's that's my take on it <laughs> So, so lovely. Send all those. Um, we'll we'll put all that uh, stuff in the show notes on the Facebook page. Stuff? What stuff? Like articles and yeah, no, I'm just messing with you. I feel like other clayisms. I feel like poking you. That's all you know. Like I the poking you in the I eye. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Air. Why don't you just focus on my hip hop name? On oh, your hip hop name. All right. <laughs> okay. So great stuff. Um, Thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, we'd like to hear your thoughts on idleness. I know I've, I've posted the question on the Facebook page, so we'd like to hear your thoughts on idleness. How do you find the time to do the things that you want to do uh, throughout the day? Do you find yourself with that question? Oh, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to do whatever it is. And have you actually sat back 
And and here's a, here's and I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this experiment. I've done this in the past before. Is take like write down everything that you do for a day. Get one of these like day one is a great diary where you can just have on your iPhone and you. Just, in fact, there's an app that'll ping you random times. And it's just to tell you to write down what you're doing right then. So you get a little notification and you're just supposed to write down or take a picture of what you're doing right then. Do that for a week and then go back and do an audit and see what you actually do with your time. And we need to do a show on the quantified self because I don't have time now, but I've got about five or six apps. If you really want to know what you do with your time, use these apps for three weeks and you'll get nice, pretty bar chart graphs of just that is, that's awesome because i do think that there are some people who have more time than others you know i think but we all know, have coming, 24 hours a day it's yes that's true but there are people who have when they get home at the end of the day they don't have little kids or there are people that are working two three jobs you know there's a, yeah. there's there is a variety so you know yeah, I mean, they, we, all more, to, we all have to. We all have to be realistic. They have different commitments. They still have, yeah. we have the same amount of time, but you have different. Everybody has. And we different have different support. We have yeah. different kind yeah. of support in our yeah. lives for, yeah. for stuff. So yeah. Awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm.